Chapter 4 A Bit Mental A Babble of Green Fields King Henry the 5th Letter from Miss Alexandra Catherine Clemson to Lord Peter Wimsey Care of Mrs Hamilton Budge Fairview Nelson Avenue Lehampton Hands dated April 29th 1927 My dear Lord Peter You will be so happy to hear after my two previous bad shots that I have found the right place at last. The Agatha Dawson certificate is the correct one and the dreadful scandal about Dr Carr is still very much alive. I'm sorry to say for the sake of human nature. I have been fortunate enough to secure rooms in the very next street to Wellington Avenue where Mrs Dawson used to live. My landlady seems a very nice person though a terrible gossip which is all to the good her charge for a very pleasant bedroom and sitting room with full board is 3 and 1/2 guineas weekly i trust you will not think this is too extravagant as the situation is just what you wished me to look for i enclosed a careful statement of my expenses up to date you will excuse the mention of underwear which is i fear a somewhat large item but wool is so expensive nowadays and it is necessary that every detail of my equipment should be suitable to my position in life i have been careful to wash the garments though so they do not look too new as this might have a suspicious appearance but you will be anxious for me too if i may use a vulgar expression cut the cackle and come to the horses On the day after my arrival I informed Mrs Budge that I was a great sufferer from rheumatism which is quite true as I have a sad legacy of what of that kind left me by alas my pot drinking ancestors and inquired what doctors there were in the neighborhood this at once brought forth a long catalog together with a grand panegyric of the sandy soil and healthy situation of the town I said I should prefer an elderly doctor as the young men in my opinion were not to be depended on Mrs Budge heartily agreed with me and a little discreet questioning brought out the whole story of Miss Dawson's illness and the carrying ons as she termed them of Dr Carr and the nurse I never did trust the first nurse said Mrs Budge for all she had her training at guys and ought to have been trustworthy a sly red-headed baggage and it's my relief belief that all dr cars fussing over miss dawson and his visits all day and every day were just to get love making with nurse filiter no wonder poor miss whitaker couldn't stand it any longer and gave the girl the sack none too soon in my opinion not quite so attentive after that dr car wasn't why up to the last minute he was pretending the old lady was quite all right when miss whitaker had only said the day before that she felt sure she was going to be taken from us i asked if mrs budge knew miss whitaker personally miss whitaker is the niece you know not personally she said though she had met her in a social way at the vicarage working parties but she knew all about it because her maid was own sister to the maid at miss dawson's 
Now is not that a fortunate coincidence, for you know how these girls talk. I also made careful inquiries about the vicar, Mr. Treadjold, and was much gratified to find that he teaches sound Catholic doctrine so that I shall be able to attend church without doing violence to my religious beliefs, a thing I could not undertake to do even in your own interests. I am sure you will understand this. As it happens, all is well, and I have written to my very good friend, the vicar of St. Edfrid's Holborn, to ask for an introduction to Mr. Trejold. By this means, I feel sure of meeting Miss Whittaker before long, as I hear she is quite a pillar of the church. I do hope it is not wrong to make use of Church of God to a worldly end, but after all, you are only seeking to establish truth and justice. And in so good a cause, we may perhaps permit ourselves to be a little Jesuitical. This is all I have been able to do as yet, but I shall not be idle, and will write to you again as soon as I have anything to report. By the way, the pillar box is most conveniently placed at the corner of Wellington Avenue so that I can easily run out and post my letters to you myself, away from prying eyes, and just take a little peep as Miss Dawson's, now Miss Whittaker's house, the Grove, at the same time. Believe me, sincerely yours, Alexandra Catherine Clemson. The little red-headed nurse gave her visitor a quick, slightly hostile look over. It's quite all right, he said apologetically. I haven't come to sell you soap or gramophones or to borrow money or enroll you in the ancient froth blowers or anything charitable. I really am Lord Peter Wimsey. I mean, that really is my title. Don't you know, not a Christian name like Sanger's Circus or Earl Dare Biggers. I have come to ask you some questions and I have no real excuse. I am afraid for butting in on you. Do you ever read the news of the world? Nurse Filiter decided that she was to be asked to go to a mental case and that the patient had come to fetch her in person. Sometimes, she said guardedly, Oh, well, you may have noticed my name cropping up a few murders and things lately. I sleuth, you know, for a hobby, harmless outlet for natural inquisitiveness, don't you see? which might otherwise strike inward and produce introspection and suicide. Very natural, healthy pursuit, not too strenuous, not too sedentary, trains and invigorates the mind. I know you who you are now, said Nurse Filiter slowly. You, you gave evidence against Sir Julian Frake. In fact, you traced the murder to him, didn't you? I did. It was rather unpleasant, said Lord Peter simply. And I have got another little job of the same kind in hand now, and I want your help. Won't you sit down? said Nurse Filiter, setting the example. How am I concerned in the matter? You know Dr. Edward Carr, I think, late of Lee Hampton, conscientious but a little lacking in worldly wisdom, but not serpentine at all, as the Bible advises, but far otherwise. What? she cried. Do you believe it was murder then? Lord Peter looked at her for a few seconds. Her face was eager, her eyes gleaming curiously under her thick, 
level brows. She had expressive hands, rather large and with strong, flat joints. He noticed how they gripped the arms of her chair. Haven't the faintest, he replied nonchalantly. But I wanted your opinion. Mine? She checked herself. You know, I'm not supposed to give opinions about my cases. You have given it to me already, said his lordship, grinning. Though possibly I ought to allow for a little prejudice in favour of Dr. Carr's diagnosis. Well, yes, but it's not merely personal. I mean, my being engaged to Dr. Carr wouldn't affect my judgment of a cancer case. I have worked with him on a great many of them, and I know that his opinion is really trustworthy, just as I know that, as a motorist, he's exactly the opposite. Right. I take it that if he says the death was inexplicable. Right. I take it that if he says the death was inexplicable, it was really so. That's one point gained. Now, about the old lady herself. I gather she was a little queer towards the end, a bit mental, I think you people call it. I don't know that I'd say that either. Of course, when she was under morphia, she would be unconscious or only semi-conscious for hours together. But up to the time when I left, I should say she was quite, well, quite all there. She was obstinate, you know, and what they call a character at the best of times. But Dr. Carr told me she got odd fancies about people poisoning her. The red-haired nurse rubbed her fingers slowly along the arm of the chair and hesitated. If it will make you feel any less unprofessional, said Lord Peter, guessing that what was in her mind, I may say that my friend Detective Inspector Parker is looking into this matter with me, which gives me a sort of right to ask questions. In that case, yes, in that case I think I can speak freely. I never understood about that poisoning idea. I never saw anything of it, no aversion. I mean, or fear of me. As a rule, I, a patient will show it if she's got any queer ideas about the nurse. Poor Miss Dawson was always most kind and affectionate. She kissed me when I went away and gave me a little present and said she was sorry to lose me. She didn't show any sort of nervousness about taking food from you? Well, I wasn't allowed to give her any food that last week. Miss Whittaker said her aunt had taken this funny notion and gave her all her meals herself. Oh, that's very interesting. Was it Miss Whittaker then who first mentioned this little eccentricity to you? Yes, and she begged me not to say anything about it to Miss Dawson for fear of agitating her. And did you? I did not. I wouldn't mention it in any case to a patient. It does no good. Did Miss Dawson ever speak about it to anyone else? Dr. Carr, for instance? No. According to Miss Whittaker, her aunt was frightened of the doctor too because she imagined he was in league with me. Of course... That story rather lent colour to the unkind things that were said afterwards. I suppose it's just possible that she saw us glancing at one another or speaking aside and got the idea that we were plotting something. 
How about the maids? There were new maids about that time. She probably wouldn't talk about it to them and anyhow, I wouldn't be discussing my patient with her servants. Of course not. Why did the other maids leave? How many were there? Did they all go at once? Two of them went. They were sisters. One was a terrible crockery smasher and Miss Whittaker gave her notice, so the other left with her. Ah, well, one can have too much of seeing the crown derby rolling around the floor. Quite. Then it had nothing to do with, uh, it wasn't on account of any little... It wasn't because they couldn't get along with the nurse, if you mean that, said Nurse Philiter with a smile. They were very obliging girls, but not very bright. Quite. Well now, is there any little odd out-of-the-way incident you can think of that might throw light on the thing? There was a visit from a lawyer, I believe, that agitated your patient quite a lot. Was that in your time? No. I only heard about it from Dr. Carr, and he never heard the name of the lawyer, what he came about, or anything. A pity, said his lordship. I have been hoping great things of the lawyer. There's such a sinister charm, don't you think, about lawyers who appear unexpectedly with little bags and alarm people with mysterious conferences and then go away leaving urgent messages that if anything happens, they are to be sent for. If it hadn't been for the lawyer, I probably shouldn't have treated Dr. Carr's medical problem with respect it deserves. He never came again, or wrote, I suppose. I don't know. Wait a minute. I do remember one thing. I remember Miss Dawson having another hysterical attack of the same sort and saying that just what she said then, that they were trying to kill her before her time. When was that? Oh, a couple of weeks before I left. Miss Whittaker had been up to her with the post, I think, and there were some papers of some kind to sign and it seems to have upset her. I came in from my walk and found her in a dreadful state. The maids could have told you more about it than I could, really, for they were doing some dusting on the landing at the time and heard her going on, and they ran down and fetched me up to her. I didn't ask them about what happened myself naturally. It doesn't do for nurses to gossip with the maids behind their employees' backs. Miss Whittaker said that her aunt had an annoying communication from a solicitor. Yes, it sounds as though there might be something there. Do you remember what the maids were called? What was the name now? A funny one, or I shouldn't remember it. Gotobed, that was it. Bertha and Evelyn Gotobed. I don't know where they went, but I dare say you could find out. Now one last question, and I want you to forget all about Christian kindliness and the law of slander when you answer it. What is Miss Whittaker like? An indefinable expression crossed the nurse's face. Tall, handsome, very decided in manner, she said, with an air of doing strict justice against her will. An extremely competent nurse, she was at the Royal Free, you know, till she went to live with her aunt. I think she would have made a perfectly wonderful theatre nurse. She did not like me, nor I her, you know. Lord Peter, and it's better I should be telling you so at once, 
the way you can take everything i say about her with a grain of charity added but we both knew good hospital work when we saw it and respected one another why in the world didn't she like you miss villiter i really don't know when i've seen a more likable kind of person if you'll excuse me mentioning it i don't know the nurse seemed a little embarrassed the dislike seemed to grow on her you perhaps you heard the kind of things people said in the town when i left that dr car and i oh it's re- it was really damnable and i had the most dreadful interview with matron when i got back here she must have spread those stories who else could have done it well you did become engaged to dr car didn't you said his lordship gently mind you i'm not saying it wasn't a very agreeable occurrence and all that but but she said i neglected the patient i never did i wouldn't think of such a thing of course not no but do you suppose that possibly getting engaged was an offence in itself is miss whitaker engaged to anyone by the way no you mean was she jealous i'm sure dr car never gave the slightest not the slightest oh please cried lord peter please don't be ruffled such a nice word ruffled like a kitten i always think so furry and nice but even without the least what do you call it on dr car's side he's a very prepossession person and all that don't you think that there might be something in it i did think so once admitted mrs filtaker but afterwards when she got him into such awful trouble over the postmortem i gave up the idea but she didn't object to the postmortem she did not but there's such a thing as putting yourself in the right in the eyes of your neighbors lord peter and then going off to tell people all about it at vicarage tea parties i wasn't there but you asked someone who was i know those tea parties well it's not impossible people can be very spiteful if they think they have been slighted perhaps you're right said nurse filiter thoughtfully but she added suddenly that's no motive for murdering a perfectly innocent lady that's the second time you have used that word said whimsy gravely there's no proof yet that it was a murder i know that but you think it was i do and you think she did it yes lord peter walked across to the aspidistra in the bow window and stroked its leaves thoughtfully the silence was broken by a buxom nurse who entering precipitately first and knocking afterwards announced with a giggle excuse me i'm sure but you're in request this afternoon filiter here's dr car come for you dr car followed hard upon his name the sight of whimsy struck him speechless i told you i'd be turning up again before long said lord peter cheerfully sherlock is my name and holmes is my nature i'm delighted to see you dr car your little matter is well in hand and seen i'm not required any longer i'll make noise like a bee and buzz off how did he get here demanded dr car not altogether pleased didn't you send him i think he's very nice said nurse filiter 
He's mad, said Dr. Carr. He's clever, said the red-haired nurse. End of chapter 4